A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad that you're with us today. We're going to be talking about uh, what's going on. Well, mostly what's going on in Illinois, although I do have a California-related question for uh, Chuck Michelle, head of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, uh, but also a Second Amendment attorney in his own right. And uh, Chuck is also now the lead counsel uh, in a uh, lawsuit that is imminent uh, in Illinois uh, that's going to be filed on behalf of the Illinois Gun Rights Alliance, uh, which is comprised of the uh, FFLs of Illinois, Federal Firearms Licensees of Illinois, uh, Gun Owners of America, uh, the Aurora Sportsman's Club, Guns Save Life, which is a a state-level group, and a Stateline Rifle Association. Uh, we talked with Dan Eldridge of Banks and Shooter Supplies uh, last week about the formation uh, of this group. And he said this would be a, a coalition that would be filing suit. Uh, they announced this week that Chuck Michelle is going to be the lead attorney in that case. And he joins us now to talk about not only what's going on in Illinois, because there is a lot to talk about. But I, as I said, I've got a, a question about what's going on in San Francisco for Chuck as well. Take a look and a listen. Chuck, thanks so much for coming on the program. It's good talking with you, sir. Always a pleasure, Cam. Thanks for having me. You bet. So so let's get right to it. We saw the press release uh, this week, Illinois Gun Rights Alliance, announcing that uh, you're going to be the lead counsel uh, in this uh, forthcoming lawsuit. We've already seen a number of complaints filed in both state and federal courts. Uh, So what's the latest on your case? Well, we're we're finalizing the the complaint, the lawsuit right now, pulling in the the plaintiffs. Uh, There's so many people who want to be involved. We have to pick the right people so we have legal standing in the Southern District of Illinois and also can address uh, all the different issues. This thing is a nightmare. Uh, it, it just restricts so, so much. Uh, you know, the typical uh, strategy of the, of the legislators that want to ban civilian possession of firearms, they, they define the term assault weapon any way they want to, and typically they define it so over broadly that it covers guns that no one would ever, can, no, no, nobody would think of as a quote-unquote assault weapon. They're conventional shooting firearms, and uh, it's just so overbroad it's going to ban a lot of guns. You know, listen, I mean, you've got a lot of experience uh, seeing really bad gun bills, you know, as head of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. uh, You've taken on gun and magazine bans in California. Um, What does the Illinois bill look like in comparison to, to, you know, the the, the ban in California or the ban on large capacity magazines there? Well, I I think they've obviously been talking to California. Okay. Because everything that was a problem in California uh, they tried to, well, almost everything, they tried to address by writing something that expands it. So like there, this thing goes, so, you know, we for a while there on the magazine bands out here, uh, people were buying repair kits that arguably could be used to modify the magazine so it could hold more rounds. Well, so now they're banning not just repair kits, but tools. This thing goes so far as it will ban certain, many tools that could be used to uh, to modify a magazine. This is this is they've gone overboard. I mean, you know, they're gonna. It's an assault screwdriver now. You know, uh, but it's not just that you can't transport. I mean, even if you have, 
people, some people will be grandfathered in. They can, they can register their guns that have now been incorrectly deemed to be assault weapons, but then they can't take them anywhere. They can't take them on a public fairway unless they're going straight to and from uh, a range. And there aren't many of these types of ranges in Illinois. Uh, so, and, and you can't take it to another person's house without uh, permission. So it's, it's, they're just, this is the typical response now that's, that's coming out of Bruin. They want to red tape the rights to death because they can't directly ban certain things anymore. So they'll just make it practically impossible. Even if you can, uh, uh, if you have a, a rifle that's been condemned, they're going to make it impossible to use it. And now all the retailers, the FFLs who had these firearms, they can't sell them anymore. They can't take them in for repair. Uh, they, they're just, it's, it's just racked with problems. It, it, I mean, it really is. And it's, a, you know, what's really absurd to me about this, Chuck, I mean, there's a lot that's absurd, but uh, the fact that that uh, the, the magazine ban is, I believe, a uh, it's a misdemeanor offense, right? Uh, punishable by, uh, I think, is that right? I, I'm not sure because I've looked at the assault. The, 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 some of these are a misdemeanor first, but then they're a felony right. that involves prison time if, mm -hmm. if it happens again. And some of them are felonies right out of the block. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the mag ban is a misdemeanor first offense. The uh, gun ban is a felony first offense. Um, but, it, you know, it, it, it's amazing. that Here they are. You, like you say, talking about banning tools, right? All of this sturm and drang around these magazines. And yet we know that, you know, the let, let's say the let's say somebody gets popped in Chicago. Uh, and they are, you know, illegally carrying a gun without a FOID card, without a concealed carry license. They've got a quote unquote large capacity magazine. Uh, maybe they're wanted for a carjacking. What good does the magazine ban charge? I, I mean, right. you know, this guy's already facing, you know, the violent criminals are already going to be facing more serious offenses. When we talk about these laws being aimed at law abiding people, I think this speaks to the heart of it, right? No, no law abiding, peaceable gun owner wants to be convicted of a misdemeanor, right? Right. right. But no violent criminal is going to be dissuaded. Uh, from carrying a large capacity magazine. I saw a story about uh, two guys using rifles uh, on the streets of Chicago this week to commit armed robberies. They don't, the, the violent criminals don't care about these laws. Right, exactly. And and the, the legacy in California, the legacy of the uh, semi-auto ban is accidental criminals. Uh, a, a guy had a gun in his safe for 20 years and overnight at the stroke of a politician's pen, it was deemed to be an assault weapon and he became an accidental felon. That It doesn't get the bad guys. The good guys get uh, basically tricked into violating these laws often. That's been really my experience in, in California. Anybody who, any, anybody who violently misuses any gun uh, to commit a crime they don't wind up facing any kind of a gun charge. It's a, it's a secondary charge if, at best uh, because they're trying to kill people. I mean, you know, it, and, 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 and they, the banning these guns has not made any difference in California in terms of the crime rate. These gun laws don't work. They cook the statistics to try and make it look like they do, but they never have worked. There's also this really, uh, you know, we talk about these invented terms like assault weapon or, or large capacity magazine. And I think Illinois lawmakers did us a really good favor uh, by pointing out that there is no real definition of large capacity magazine. In fact, in Illinois, it depends on whether you're talking about a handgun magazine or a rifle magazine, right? They, they've, they've arbitrarily decided that, uh, what, anything over 10 rounds 
uh, in a rifle magazine is large capacity. Anything more than 12 in a handgun magazine is large capacity. But Chuck, I, I mean, who's to say 11 rounds wouldn't be high capacity or 20 rounds? Why Why these numbers? This is so it's arbitrary. arbitrary and, and a judge in New Jersey already said that. By the way, I think those numbers, I think it's actually eight rounds in a pistol. Uh, and and this, is, this shows the games that, that can be played with this. I remember when the 10-round magazine ban in California passed, uh, and the LAPD would would go out there, get a magazine, and cram an 11th round in, pre, you know, press the spring down to the point where it was just crushed in the bottom, and then claim that the guy was a criminal because he had an 11-round magazine. I mean, it's designed for 10. There's got to be a little bit of play, but you can cram an extra round into some of these mags. So it's it, 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 it's... It's very frustrating. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years now, and the 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 games they play, the the, the you know the the uh, the uh, slogans of the gun ban lobby advocacy groups. And by the way, this isn't put together by Illinois uh, legislators any more than the California laws were put together by California legislators. This stuff is spoon fed to them by Bloomberg lawyers or other gun ban advocacy groups, attorneys who write it up for them. They don't read it. They don't know what's in there. I mean, they make they may make a few minor tweaks, but the, the, the gist of this is written by the gun ban lobby. And their slogan is, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. In other words, close enough for government work, the crime in his life, but now he didn't wise up and get rid of his gun. Uh, let him spend a little time in jail thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, their whole point is they want to reduce the number of gun owners in this country. They've said that, right? And scare people that they're going to accidentally break the law. Exactly. So, you know, you make it so legally dangerous to exercise your right that people simply say oh, it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. Right. I mean, that's their right. that's their agenda. That's their game plan. Absolutely. Uh, this is all this is part of the blue resistance to Bruin. Now they're stepping up their their restrictions because they know they can't stop uh, people from getting a license to carry a gun in public and they uh so they're passing anything else that they can think of doing everything they can to discourage people from getting ccws and to make a ccw useless wherever if you have one and you can't cross town without going through an area where it's not valid it, it, it's all part of a of an effort that's been going on for a long time to uh, eradicate the gun culture. They don't want gun owners, they especially don't want gun owners as an, as a, as an engaged and, and awake, notice I don't use the term woke, uh, <laughs> a political advocacy group, because that's their real fear, uh, other than you know if things get, if the government gets too big and too tyrannical and too oppressive, uh, you know, they don't want people to be able to actually fight back uh, but they don't want people to be able to even even worry. They don't want people to go through the trouble to jump through all the hoops to get the firearms. That's why they ban gun shows. They ban. They make it impossible to operate gun ranges. They restrict gun FFLs, retailers, uh, put restrictions on manufacturers. It's all about trying to make the the whole uh, culture smaller and smaller, and ultimately. You know, the next generation, that's why they're banning marketing uh, firearm products to minors now, because mm -hmm. they don't want that next generation coming up. 
That's right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I want to talk about uh, another area of resistance that's actually in California. But before we do that, you, you mentioned Bruin. Um, and I know you've seen uh, Attorney General Rob Bonta's uh, recent list of, of evidence, supposedly historical analogs for uh, California's magazine ban, 181 items. Uh, and I think you've even replied to this uh, by noting that this was a case of, you know, quantity, not quality, throwing everything possible out there. But none of it actually applies because we're not talking about analogs to, 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 you know, modern magazine bans at all. We're talking about, you know, banning the possession of Bowie knives in some cases right. or banning open carry. Um, what does Bruin mean for gun and magazine bans? Uh, is, 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 is Bond as evidence the best that gun control advocates have? Cause if so, it ain't much. I, I gotta say, I, I thank judge Benitez for asking them to throw in that kitchen sink list <laughs> of all of the gun bans, all the gun laws that they could come up with. Because all across the country, uh, you know, the Bruin test now says uh, once it's covered by the Second Amendment, then the state has the burden of proving that there's some historical analog mm -hmm. that, that, that shows that the founders would have tolerated uh, uh, the modern law based on what they tolerated in a historical law. So that modern analog test is the new the new test for the constitutionality of a gun control law. And they were alluding to and all across the country in, in other states, they've been alluding to, oh, we need time to research the history so that we can find all these historical analogs. And Judge Benitez pulled out a declaration from our uh, our, our best friend, Saul Carnell, who said, I've been studying the history of firearms laws for 25 years. And and so Judge the Judge Benitez says, well, he's been studying it for 25 years. Why do you need more time? So they because they keep they, they keep acting like, you know, it's there's it's a national treasure hunt. You know, they're going to go pull the Bill of Rights out of the National Archives, flip it over, put lemon juice on it. And there's a secret, <laughs> secret writing in invisible ink from the founders that says, yeah, assault weapon bans are OK. You know, I mean, that that's what that's the that's the, the, the suggestion that they were making and they've been called on it. So here it is. Here's the universe of gun control laws. There are no uh, modern anal uh, no historical analogs to the modern laws. Now, that's going to be where the next fight goes in court. What is an appropriate analog and what isn't? You know, is a Bowie assault knife uh, an analog to a modern ban on whatever they're deeming to be assault firearms? Come on, no. Right. I mean, that's the thing that that, that really stretches. You maybe maybe you could say a switchblade ban, right? But but not a quote unquote assault ban because to me a historical analog for something like that would be. You know, you look at the 19th century. I know the court has said, uh, look at the time that the Second Amendment was ratified. Look at the time that the 14th Amendment was ratified. Those are the most important, you know, times to consider. So, you know, look, by the time the 14th Amendment is ratified, you've got not only do you have multi-shot revolvers, you have repeating rifles, uh, you know, load on Sunday, shoot all week, right? Uh, that, right that was the, right. the motto of the Henry rifle. The, and yet the evolution was always towards faster reloading. All the way back to the flintlock and the percussion cap and, you know, rifled barrels. It was always straighter, more accurate, faster shooting firearms. Right. And I'm not aware of any ban anywhere at a local level, state level, certainly not at the national level that said, 
uh, you know what? Uh, single shot revolvers only or single shot, you know, firearms only. Uh, right. No repeating rifles, no revolvers. Th- 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 that is a modern invention of the gun control movement to try to it was restrict. Completely capacity. made up by them. Yes, it's manufactured. Yeah. The whole term, you know, Violence Policy Center said uh, people don't understand the difference between a semi-automatic gun, that a firearm that we declare to be an assault weapon, and a machine gun. So they're afraid. So we can get away with passing this baloney. Nobody's going to look that close. So uh, you, you seem pretty confident that long term uh, these bans are going to be held unconstitutional well ultimately. you know i don't want to say that without knocking on wood because i don't want to jinx myself but uh yes I mean, uh, 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 there's going to be some judges who say that you know a a, a second amendment era mousetrap law is somehow analogous to a modern day firearm ban uh, there's going to be some judges who will make that stretch yeah and ultimately yeah. the supreme court is going to have to slap that down but I don't think we're going to have to wait 12 years again for them to do it. You know, that's how long it was between McDonald and Bruin. Uh, yeah. We're not going to have to wait that long because it's obvious from the response in the second to the Second Circuit in, New, in the New York State case that 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 uh, uh, Thomas, at least, and Alito and some others, they're like, you know, you got to move on this fast. You can't sit on it. And that's what the states have been trying to do. They wanted to delay everything frankly, because they're hoping that something happens to Judge Thomas and the composition of the Supreme Court changes and they win the 2024 election and they get to stack the Supreme Court. They are. uh, Yeah, they're definitely uh, playing the long game uh, here. But, you know, so to that end, um, let's talk about what's going on in San Francisco real quick. Uh, Jacob Sullum, uh, columnist at Reason, had a piece that the uh, San Francisco PD has yet to issue. Any concealed carry licenses post Bruin? Um, yeah. Are you aware of any other? First of all, I guess are you aware of any other jurisdictions in California that are still sitting on every application? And and B again, no, you got a lot on your plate, Chuck. But uh, you know, what are the odds of some sort of legal challenge to well, to these delays? Or, and I'm, what's I'm the challenge with asked. filing I'm, lawsuit? I'm glad you asked. Actually, San Francisco is not the worst. I think Alameda County is the worst. And we so CRPA, I'm glad you asked this. CRPA, ever since Bruin came down, CRPA has been pushing local jurisdictions to issue, to get their system in place and start issuing promptly, not drag your feet, not put a bunch of roadblocks in the way where you got to have a glowing letter from your ex-wife who you went through a hostile divorce, but you got to get her to send you a, a, a send a letter that says, oh, you're a good guy. You know, that, that's a, a stretch. But they're, they're trying to get all these obstacles so you can't possibly qualify. And then if you do qualify, they want to make everything a sensitive area. And so we've been sending you know, letters. We sent out hundreds of letters. There's 450 jurisdictions, cities in California and 58 counties. We've sent out hundreds of letters. CRPA has to them, to those cities saying, you can't do this. Many of them have acknowledged that and started issuing, but there's a few holdouts and San Francisco is one of them. But we've sent Alameda. Alameda just got a new sheriff. We sent that new sheriff a, a cease and desist, basically, letter saying, if you don't change this policy, here's a copy of our complaint, which we already had put together and we're ready to file uh, if they don't change. So we, we need to get one of these one of these jurisdictions, whether it's Alameda or San Francisco, if Alameda comes into 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 line, we'll go against San Francisco. 
there, there, but there are a lot of them, those holdouts, you know, uh, like LA, city of LA, uh, the ones that never issued to begin with. Um, yeah. They're all probably going to, we hope that we sue one and a judge clears it up and then the others realize they can't keep playing these games. Do you know how many, uh, do you know how many, how many people we're talking about here total around the state that may be stuck in this limbo? I mean, I guess if it's, you know, if it's LA and Alameda County, we're talking about thousands of people I'd imagine. Yeah. Right? Well, probably maybe hundreds of thousands, uh, at least tens of thousands between all the different jurisdictions. Now, some of it, I got to, I don't want to condemn every jurisdiction that's that's not being able to process applications fast enough. There's some jurisdictions which were shall issue, like Orange County, but now they're and they were they had you know in the last five years, thanks to our the CRPA ruling in Peruta, which was persuasive, even though it wasn't actually binding law. They they read that they saw the light and they started issuing. But but when you when the applicant flow you know triples. Right. Your staff gets backed up. Even if you want to issue them, you still got to do the background check and do the objective checks to make sure that the person's not prohibited. Uh, So it still takes a little longer. So so there's a lot of people waiting, even in jurisdictions that are trying to do it, make it a good faith effort to do it as fast as they can. But there's there's projections that California could have, you know, uh, I think they had about a half of 700,000 CCWs total across the whole state, and that's probably going to triple. Wow. And then wow. When, that ha- when that happens, by the way, then people, this is what scares the hell out of the gun ban lobby. They don't want guns to be normalized. They don't want right. people to realize that people, just because a guy has a firearm doesn't mean he's something you have to be afraid of. And once, and that's what's happened in the other 40 odd states where it's shall issue. Yep. People don't freak out about this anymore. They're used to it. And they know that they actually start to realize that that guy could defend them if some guy comes in and a bad guy comes in and starts shooting. So, yep. uh, you know, it, the, the, the perspective changes and that's when they really lose. When the perspective it, changes and people start accepting gun rights and not falling for the fake narrative of how everybody who owns a gun is, a, is evil you know, and should be blamed for violent crime, then that's, 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 that's the end game. That's the, you know, the, 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 the Rubicon uh, for, for gun rights. Absolutely. But we have to get a bunch of court cases, knock, not lock down, stop this, uh, uh, the bans on certain rifles, stop the bans on certain magazines, uh, uh, make it so that you can get a CCW and actually carry it around without breaking the law. And then, who knows what they'll come, you know, they're coming up there. They're not done. They're, they're, they want insurance mandates. They've yep. got that in San Jose. We've got a lawsuit ready to file there. Uh, uh, you know, minor minor marketing I mentioned. We've got a lawsuit there. That's in the Ninth Circuit already. Ban on, on gun shows. We have several lawsuits going against that. Watch the taxes. Watch the fees that they're going to try and pile on top of this stuff. There'll be lawsuits going there. Anything they can do to chill the right, to chill people from, from to, to stop people from, from trying to exercise it, they're going to pull rabbits out of their hat like uh, we have never seen. And and claim, oh, that it, this always would have made sense. It kind of cracks me up that now they're saying, oh, we need this. We, we, why didn't you say this <laughs> 10 years ago if it was so important? Well, right. You know, it's just so obvious that this is this is legislative resistance. This is basically them giving the middle finger to the Supreme Court. 
Yeah, well, and to their own residents, quite frankly, who, who yes. want to exercise their Second Amendment rights. I mean, this, you know, that middle finger may be aimed at SCOTUS, but the people who are really impacted here are the law-abiding citizens who are the ones who get hurt. You by know, it. Yeah. exactly. Chuck, listen, man, I really appreciate you coming on the program. It's so good to talk with you, and uh, I, I hope that you can carve out a few more minutes out of your very, very busy schedule here in the next couple of weeks. So we can have you back. Absolutely, I think we should talk at least around the time we file that injunction. And we have some hearing dates from the courts in Illinois. And I'll keep you posted on these other lawsuits, too. CRP has a lot lot going on in California. And now my law firm's moving to Illinois. We're probably going to go to Hawaii next because they're playing the same games with CCWs there. And it's just, you know, it's it's like a stain spreading across the country that we have to just (laughs) get the bleach out and, and knock it back. All right. Appreciate Chuck joining us on the program. And of course, we'll be following uh, all of the lawsuits in Illinois and in California and in the other 48 states, because there is a lot of litigation going on at the moment. Right now, though, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day and our recidivist report. We will start there with a case out of Florida where a 19 year old currently on probation was arrested for shooting a gun into the air and then got some additional charges tacked on after allegedly pulling a gun on a Gainesville police officer while he was resisting arrest. Yeah, that's um, that's a lot of information there just in a headline, isn't it? Uh, The 19-year-old in question, uh, David Bell, arrested this week, charged with aggravated assault, two counts of attempted aggravated battery, aggravated assault on a law enforcement officer, resisting arrest, and, uh, oh yeah, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. According to uh, the police, incident began when Bell and his girlfriend walked past uh, two victims who were outdoors on a balcony of their apartment. The uh, two victims and Bell's girlfriend uh, apparently have had some ongoing problems. So an argument began. The two victims reportedly began following Bell and his girlfriend towards the stairs. That's when Bell allegedly said, don't touch her. I got one in the head, pulled a gun out of his waistband and pointed it at one of the victims. Uh, Victims told police they heard the gun go off and then ran back towards their apartment. Uh, Bell also reportedly ran away. When uh, Gainesville police found Bell a short time later, uh, he ran from officers after being told to stop. Officer followed him, got out of her car uh, when she saw him, uh, told him to stop again, but he allegedly began running again. She tried to physically apprehend him. Uh, Police say uh, Bell and the officer ended up on the ground with the officer trying to detain Bell. The officer was on Bell's back when Bell allegedly pulled a gun out of his pocket. The officer told him multiple times to drop the firearm, but he allegedly refused to do so. That's when the officer drew her gun, told him again to drop the firearm, but he took off running. Uh, There was a uh, former uh, canine handler who was at the scene, had his dog with him, apparently, deployed the dog to track Bell, uh, who was found nearby. Um, A uh, witness told an officer that Bell had thrown the gun while running. The officer found it uh, near near where uh, Bell was detained, according to police. Um. Now, as to the recidivist part of this story, well, it turns out that Bell has both a juvenile history dating back to 2018, more incidents in 2019, and then in September of 2021, he was arrested for aggravated domestic battery on a pregnant woman. He ended up pleading guilty. Well, pled no no contender, right? No contest to the charge. Uh, He was adjudicated by a judge as guilty of a felony. But he was only sentenced to 364 days in the county jail, followed by three years probation. So that was in September of 2021. That's when he was arrested anyway. February of 2022, he was also hit with 10 counts of violating his pretrial conditions uh, by allegedly calling the battery victim 
more than 180 times while he was behind bars. That resulted in a fine, uh, of which, by the way, according to police, he still owes $408. Yeah. So uh, David Bell, David Ball, uh, no, David Bell, excuse me, uh, 19 years of age, but already racking up quite the lengthy criminal history there, in part because the uh, first felony offense that he received as an adult, or first felony, uh, I-, I guess, uh, sentence that he received as an adult, Didn't amount to much at all, as a matter of fact. Uh, Today's Armed Citizen story from the Chicago suburbs where a uh, oak lawn carjacking was thwarted when the victim pulled out their own firearm and uh, used it to defend themselves against a pair of robbers. This was just before 3.30 Wednesday afternoon. Broad daylight, man. Broad daylight in Oak Lawn, Chicago. Two suspects armed with handguns tried to carjack a victim, according to police. The victim, though, had a gun of their own, fired about eight shots uh, at these suspects, who then ended up fleeing in a black Jeep Cherokee that I'm guessing was already stolen since it was abandoned not far away. Uh, These suspects then were able to get into a uh, white Dodge Charger uh, driven by someone else, and they uh, fled the area. Uh, Police say they don't know if any of the suspects were shot during the incident, but thankfully the victim in this case, was not injured. These suspects are, however, considered to be armed and dangerous. Uh, And, you know, who knows what would have happened had this armed citizen not been able to protect themselves. We don't know if it was a man, woman, we don't know the age. We don't know anything at all about the armed citizen in this case. And they were the victim of a crime. So that's fine if the police don't want to release that information. Now, it could be that the carjackers would have simply let the victim go, right? Just, we want your car, not your life. Could be. Could also have been that uh, one or both of these suspects didn't give a damn about taking a human life so that they could steal a car. We've seen that outcome too, tragically. So I'm glad that this Oakland resident was able to uh, defend themselves against these two carjackers. I, I will say um, eight shots fired. So we don't know for sure whether this armed citizen might have been in possession of a quote-unquote large-capacity magazine uh, under Illinois' new ban, which would result in a charge. I'm guessing, given that this is the Chicago suburbs, if that was the case, we probably would have heard about them being arrested. But you never know. So we'll keep our eyes on the store, bring any more details as they become available. Uh, Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Some good Samaritans in Tennessee who were able to rescue two teenage girls who had fallen uh, into a uh, uh, a waterway uh, in Springfield, Tennessee, uh, just below a dam. This was back on uh, January the 8th. Apparently, the girls were walking along the uh, uh, side of the creek. They had a ball. They were kind of, you know, clearing brush. One of them, I guess the ball ended up in the water. One of them reached over to get it, fell in uh, to the icy water. And then her friend jumped in to help her. There were there was nobody around. Nobody saw what was going on. And uh, quickly, the two girls were overcome by the cold water. Um, they weren't discovered until uh, some passerby actually saw what was going on. There was uh, apparently a couple who were out walking their dog. Uh, noticed a, uh, you know, sort of a disturbance in the water uh, about the same time that a couple was driving by a, a, on a bridge uh, over the creek and noticed something in the water. Uh, Angela Looney 
uh, was in that car. And uh, she is one of the people that first responders say helped pull the two teenage teenage girls out of the water. Um, But she and her husband apparently uh, have a background in law enforcement. Uh, And Angela says uh, her husband, quote, saw her and immediately made a U-turn in the middle of Memorial Boulevard. We parked, took off running because, one, it was too cold. And, two, you just know something's wrong when somebody's in the water with the temperatures what they were. She said, my husband went down and got in the water. So he tried to grab her. I was holding on to him. He grabbed her. I had him. And we helped lift her off the rocks and get her up to the top where EMS got there and could start CPR on her. Uh, One of the two teenage girls was not breathing at the time that they were recovered, uh, but they were able to get a pulse. She was able to start breathing again. Uh, At last report, still in critical condition in a local hospital. Uh, It looks like the other uh, teenage girl who was saved from the waters there uh, is going to make a full recovery. Um, she's out of the hospital. Looks like she's doing okay. Angela Looney says she's not only praying for the 17-year-old who is still hospitalized, but also for the uh, the other couple who played a major role in uh, helping to save the girls. Uh, she said, I would just tell their family that God has big things planned for uh, both of those girls, that husband and wife, in our opinion, they're heroes. And I hope that they're doing okay too, because when you're not used to seeing it, it can have a, an effect on you as well, no matter what your role was. And I'm sure that that was a traumatic situation for those good Samaritans. But acting as quickly as they did, they were able to save lives. And uh, obviously, we thank them for their very good deed. Now, that's all the time we've got for you on this edition of Marion Arms Cam and Company. It's the last one of the week, I think. Unless there's huge breaking news, we'll bring it to you tomorrow. But uh, I would encourage you to check out MarionArms.com on Friday. And over the course of the weekend, because we will be constantly updating the website with the latest segment of news and information that you need to know about, including that request for a temporary restraining order in Illinois, which a uh, county judge in Effingham County says should be delivered by the end of the day on Friday. We've got uh, more news as well out of places like New York, New Jersey, Maryland, with the legislative uh, sessions now underway. There's no shortage of gun control bills on the move, as well as pro-gun legislation like uh, campus carry in West Virginia. So, again, check it all out at BarionArms.com. If you like what you see, I'd also encourage you to become a VIP member. All you have to do, go to BarionArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We'll see you back here on Monday. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free.